Hello and welcome to AEMO Energy Live. I'm your host Rika Potter and today we'll be unpacking the 2019 Western Australia Gas Statement of Opportunities, or better known as the WAG Sue. We'll find out why AEMO produces the annual report, what the key findings of the report are, what it means for West Australian consumers and how the report has evolved in the last year. With me, I have the WA Markets Group Manager, Martin Matichka, Reserve Capacity Manager, Nitika Kapani, and Principal in the Reserve Capacity Team, Rebecca Pecci, who will take us through the report. To start things off, can you tell us a bit about AEMO's unique role in WA's gas market? Under the Gas Services Information Rules, uh, the GSI, uh, EMO has several defined functions and services it must fulfil. These include the running of the WA Gas Bulletin Board, which provides information and data on gas consumption, production and the transmission pipeline network in Western Australia. In addition, EMO supports the Emergency Management Facility, uh, which is the EMF, to help mitigate, prevent and manage gas supply disruptions. The EMF actually links in with the State Emergency Management Framework, the West Plan. But today, we'll be discussing one of EMO's most flagship reports, the WAGSU, which is a report we produce annually. So tell me, why do we need the annual report and why is it AEMO's responsibility to produce it? So the WAGSU is uh, not just a national publication report, but it's a key reference long-term forecasting document for anyone who's interested in the WA domestic gas market. Now, this includes producers, consumers, government, and other stakeholders. The WAGSU presents an independent assessment of gas supply and demand over a 10-year outlook period and provides information about gas transmission networks and other infrastructure like gas storage. Why we need to produce it? Well, we are bound by the gas services information rules to develop this GSU annually. Let's unpack it a bit more. What are the key findings of the WA GSU? We have three key findings. So our first key finding is about supply. So we are forecasting potential gas supply to meet gas demand over the entire outlook period. The outlook period is between 2020 and 2029. But we do require development of prospective gas supply sources to maintain that supply adequacy. So before we go into the specifics, it's important to note that what we're forecasting is something called potential gas supply, which is not actual supply. Potential gas supply is an estimate of what gas can be supplied to the WA domestic gas market if it's economically viable to do so. So think of it as a cap on the gas volume that could be supplied. A little bit more detail on that first key finding. Overall, potential gas supply is forecast to decline at an average annual rate of 1.5% between 2020 and 2029. However, gas supply capacity we expect to expand in 2021. So with the addition of the Xyrus expansion in 2020 and a second tranche of Gorgon gas in 2021. So that's expected to add about 126.5 terajoules per day. Over the longer term, WA domestic gas supply is expected to be underpinned by projects that are currently under development, and they include Browse, Scarborough and West Aragulla. Those projects are called prospective supply projects in the GSU, and those projects could add up to 405 terajoules per day to potential gas supply if they are built. Our second key finding is that gas demand is forecast to grow at an average annual rate of 1.2% in the base scenario, and that's largely due to, due to growth in the mining and minerals processing sectors. That includes six committed projects that are expected to add up to 60 terajoules per day to domestic gas demand by 2023. 
A bit more detail on though on that key finding. So strong global demand for battery-related commodities is expected to underpin gas demand growth in the mining sector of about 1.1% per year. And they include lithium, cobalt and nickel. We also have the stage retirement of two units at the coal-fired Mooja C power station by 2024, but that will be offset in the short term by increasing renewable energy capacity. However, the retirement over the longer term is likely to increase gas demand for electricity generation in the Southwest Interconnected System. On to our third key finding in the High scenario prospective demand projects could consume up to an additional 168 terajoules per day by 2025, and that would increase WA's gas demand by more than 20%. However, potential gas supply in the high scenario is forecast to still be enough to meet that extra additional demand over the majority of the outlook period. So, as Rebecca mentioned, the report finds that there will be an annual 1.5% decline of forecast gas supply over the next 10 years. Why is that? Production from existing gas production facilities is is expected to decline over the outlook period as reserves are depleted. While we expect to see prospective supply projects entering the WA market in 2022, 2024 and 2026, the additional supply isn't enough to fully offset the decline from existing facilities. So tell me, what has changed between the 2018 WAGSU and this year's report? AMO makes incremental improvements to the WAGSU every single year. So this year, specifically, we've updated assumptions about our reserve depletion rates at existing production facilities so that they decline at a slower rate, which seems more realistic. This has eliminated the tightness we had in last year's forecasts, and along with delivery of prospective projects, what this means is that we have sufficient gas supply to meet the demand throughout the outlook period. We also tested the no shortfall forecast over the outlook period with several gas stakeholders who backed our approach. Of course, for this to happen, we understand that prospective projects need to be developed. Now, a really extreme case would be if prospective projects are not developed, in which case we would expect a shortfall from 2024. And that would increase over the outlook period to almost 300 terajoules per day in 2029. In addition, this year we've enhanced EMO's in-house gas demand forecasting model. These enhancements have provided us a range of benefits. Uh, so, for example, it has allowed greater flexibility how we use confidential data. When we have used consultants in previous years, we've been unable to provide all this information externally, so this actually makes the model much more accurate. It also has allowed us a greater level of control over scenarios and what we can include, for example, prospective demand projects. The forecasting models used in the GSU are in line with those used across the organisation, with modifications to account for the unique characteristics of the WA gas market. So essentially we are forecasting more gas supply than demand. Tell me what happens to the gas that is not consumed? Where does it go? Well, it doesn't get produced, so it stays in the ground until it's needed. We've recently broken an instantaneous renewable penetration record in Western Australia, reaching over 50%. So does this uptake of both large-scale and behind-the-meter renewables affect the demand for gas? It affects demand for gas in a couple of ways. So in the short term, we're expecting that large-scale and behind-the-meter renewable energy will displace some of the gas that's currently used for electricity generation. However, over the entire outlook period, we expect to use gas generation more often to offset some of the variability of renewable generation, since gas generators can generally respond more rapidly to changes in the power system. What about the decline of coal generation in WA? With Muja C retiring by late 2024, does this create more demand for gas? Uh, yes, with the decline in coal generation and following the retirement of Muja C, we're forecasting the demand for gas power generation, or GPG, to grow by about 15% between 2025 and 2029. And what are the next steps? 
so we'll be sharing key findings of the 2019 WAG at our first WA Gas Consultative Forum in 2020. Now, it's an opportune uh, time to actually thank our stakeholders for providing their invaluable support during the WAG development journey. And I'd like to thank everyone who's contributed to the WAG as such. We look forward to feedback on this report post its publication. Well, there you have it. Thanks for joining us today to unpack the WAG Sue. I hope you enjoyed listening at home. And if you want to hear more about our publications, then be sure to sign up to our Energy Live newsletter below or download the free Energy Live app from the iTunes or Android store for energy news on the go. I'm Rika Potter. Thanks for listening.